0: Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 109. We talk about community, HubSpot integrations, Facebook newsfeed shenanigans, Google My Business listings and video and a creative top 10. This is the podcast for marketing managers who are using HubSpot or considering using HubSpot and we are Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast. Hello Craig, how are you?
1: I'm really well, and I'm looking forward to your creative top 10, i got to say, coming up later in the show. But first, we're going to chat just a bit about community, aren't we?
0: We are. So in 2018, Craig, a lot of things are going to change, and one of the things that we're talking about is being a part of the HubSpot user group.
1: Yeah, so I think it's really important to try and stay up to date. You know, things are changing so rapidly, we're going to actually going to talk about an interesting development with smart speakers Speaker. later in the show. And staying up to date is more important than ever for marketing managers. And there's tons of things. There's HubSpot certifications. There's plenty of sites, but there's also community. HubSpot user groups, as you mentioned, is one of them. And so we've got a link there where you can find a HubSpot user group near you if you're not already part of one.
0: Absolutely. So I'd encourage everyone to actually look at the communities they're a part of and actually join one and be a part of a few and learn a few things from each each one of them. And
1: speaking of HubSpot user groups...
0: We have, or we're planning on having, the first Sydney user group at the end of February. So keep your eyes peeled for an invitation. Or if you don't know, follow the links in the show notes and the register so you get notified.
1: That's right. Very excited to be part of the Sydney HubSpot user group, helping run that this year. So that's going to be great. Chris Fell's done a great job in the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, looking forward to being part of a group of five of us, five different partner agencies coming together to help out. It's going that's to be cool. Right.
0: All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. We're talking about integrations here.
1: Yeah, I don't know if listeners are aware of just how many integrations there are with HubSpot. theres It seems like they're, they're growing like weeds, really. They're turning up <laughs> every week. But their integrations directory has got a bit of a revamp and you can search more easily. I think it's always good because, you know, actually just today we're chatting with a Prospect and they're saying, oh, do you connect with Zendesk? I was like, pretty sure we do. I'll just check the HubSpot integration. Yep, bing, native integration with HubSpot. Correct. So there's all these integrations that make it really easy. And when we say integrations, it's not just oh yeah, I can kind of pass something from here to there using like Zapier or something like. It's the Zen it'll appear in your timeline. It's actually quite a nice integration with many of them. So worth checking out for whether there's an integration that will help out with your company. We've mentioned a few. I mean, last week you were talking about the Hello Sign. Um, Hello Sign, yeah. yeah, and that integration. So there's plenty of them. Check them out.
0: I'm waiting for Shopify integration, Oh the I, native
1: one. I've put my name down for the beta for that, and I've already got another client that's uh, wanting to be part of that as well. Yeah. I can't wait for that.
0: So we're waiting. So please, HubSpot,
1: <laughs> soon. Hear our prayers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, now, Craig, save prompts.
1: You know what? I was say, I saw this as a product update that they've fixed the save prompt in tasks. Yes. You know what? From soon, do you want to save if you Correct. if you get out of it, and which is great. So that's more like. But you know, have you ever one place that they still need this is workflows. Yes. Have you ever been in workflows settings and you go and you change something like the persona for a workflow? Right. And then you just leave and it's gone. It just. <laughs> Yeah, and why it's doubly bad is because there's no save prompt. Yeah. Okay, so that's bad enough. But when you're in workflows, if you're actually on the workflow side, when you make a change, it's automatically saved. Yes. So when you click the settings tab, you kind of assume if you make a change in settings, it's automatically saved, but it's not.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So you kind of trick. So reason for mentioning that, this um, save prompt that they now put on tasks, they're obviously rolling it through all of the parts of the product. I'm looking forward to when they do it on workflow settings as well. Just slipping that in there. Thank you, HubSpot product team.
0: All right, Craig, on to our marketing feature of the week. We're going to talk about this Facebook news feed that everyone's talking about. So I'm going to read something. This is from John Loomer. He says, this is a confusing concept for some marketers. Facebook wants engagement, but you can't bait users into it. You can actually get engagement without engagement bait. This is consistent with Facebook's emphasis on authenticity. Your goal is not only to get lots of comments, likes, and shares, but for that engagement to be meaningful.
1: All right. So I'll tell you what this is in response to, because uh, we probably should just chat about what this news yes. feed update is. So Facebook's always tweaking their news feed. Dun, dun, dun. Who except, is-
0: except Mark came out and made an announcement about this one.
1: Well, that's right. But who who is surprised that they're changing their newsfeed to make it more relevant? You know, they obviously want more engagement. Yeah. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. And people, businesses getting upset that they're going to get less attention in the newsfeed, it's kind of like, that's really old news. Like that's, I can't understand why there's been such an outcry about this. Yes. But anyway, to, to summarize what the Facebook change is, there's more emphasis on the algorithm that puts together the news feed for each person to be one-to-one communication between yes. people. And again that kind of makes sense. I think that's a good thing. We want to engage one-to-one. And yep. you know you and I have talked about this many times on the show. We that's have. kind of how we're moving. And obviously with Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, they see that. That's all one-to-one, so that's just a part of it. That's just kind of background. But the upset for marketers was, "Oh, how are we going to get our businesses in the organic news yes. feed?" And the well the answer is well you will if it's engaging. Correct. Okay. But Total share of that newsfeed is probably low as it has been for ages, and yes. that's always a pay to play. However, in spite of that, John Loomer talks about engagement and the fact that in this post that we've linked through, he actually had a post talking about the outcry and what to do because of this newsfeed change, and it got lots of engagement from his business page. Yeah. So the point being, it's not all lost. Correct. And as long as it's useful and, and worthwhile and does have engagement, it'll kind of be self fulfilling.
0: Yeah. So again, like we say, test and measure, because just because people are crying about something may not actually mean that all of it is true.
1: That's right. And also we should say minimal impact to advertising. Yes. So most of our Facebook promotion is exactly. paid. So it's not going to change us. You know what I, I thought it was interesting about John Luma. He talks about his testing with Messenger bots. Okay. And I'm like, oh, really? Because, you know, I've followed John a lot. I'm like, he's been using Messenger for ages. No, he's now getting into Messenger bots. I'm kind of all like, right. oh, we've been talking about that for a year, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway have. it's really good if you go to his site and you yes. click on chat his chat windows or messenger bot panel, yes. facebook messenger bot
0: all right craig now we're going to talk about another one which is videos on google my business so this is something that was actually released not so long ago and they've been testing it for a few months i think but what i wanted to say here is we've talked about google my business as another way to actually engage people when they're searching for you so i'm going to say a few things videos can be up to 30 seconds long What is really interesting, customers can post videos. Now you can, as a business, have the ability to flag them as inappropriate through the dashboard. So it's Google My Business. And I think this is going to be more important that people actually have to claim their listing if they can find it. If not, create one and be in control of it. Don't let it be in the hands of no one. And there's some instructions on how it all works. So I'd encourage you to have a look. It can take up to 24 hours for your videos to appear. And once live, they'll display where the local photos display. So... Craig, you tried to test this while we were together
1: and it hasn't been approved as yet. Our Google My Business listing gets a fair bit of traction now. Yes. So we've always got posts up Mm. there.
0: In saying that, I know like posts came out late last year and you were testing some stuff and I know you're quite active on it. Have you seen an increase in your impressions and then click-throughs based on those posts?
1: Well, it's actually hard to say. Because right. it's only recently that they've improved how much they report that to you. Yeah. So you know how now you'll get a monthly report Correct. which says, oh, you've appeared in this many yes. sessions. That's new-ish, or yeah. maybe I just wasn't receiving it No, no, it you're before. right. It is new. Yeah, so it seems like we're getting a lot, a lot of views on our Google My Business listing and clicks through. Yeah. But it's hard to actually benchmark that to previously. Mm. So it's hard to say doing these things has actually improved it. Okay, that's a good one. So let's park that for investigation. I, I think that's a really good idea. We should do that. How would you check it in analytics as a referral versus normal organic?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. We should actually investigate that further. Yeah. We will investigate that and see whether we can get some numbers on there. But the
1: bigger picture is Google My Business is an opportunity. It's free. All businesses should be doing it. And this is one of the first things we go, you know, when we go into businesses now and we say, oh, can we see your analytics? Oh, we haven't got analytics. Okay. Ding, ding. Let's get analytics in place. Number two now is Google My Business. Yes, Let's make sure that listing is, because it's free and it's just, there's no downside to it. If you don't claim it and set it up, then that's automatically generated anyway. So yes. you want control of it. So yeah, jump on that.
0: All right, Craig, on to our creative top 10 of the week. Okay,
1: so I'm really looking forward to your answers to this. I gave you a challenge. A reminder to listeners, well,
0: how Why do we do this, every, Craig?
1: <laughs> semi-regularly, we give each other a challenge. So my challenge to you, Ian, is give me 10 creative ways to promote a solar dealer. I, this is a business that sells and installs solar panels on homes. So solar dealership, 10 ideas, yeah.
0: So I'm assuming that they're based in a local area that they service and they have a defined area that they service. All right, number one, Craig, educate people on solar with a guide on what to look for when purchasing solar. Number two, create a nurture campaign to educate people through the research process. I think this is a pretty large topic and people will need to be nurtured through. And I would assume the buying cycle is relatively long given the outlay of funds needed to actually implement solar
1: okay so you're talking about nurture email nurture so you've got their actual details yeah
0: Yeah. you've actually actually got their details run google and facebook ads in their target installation area to make people aware so this can be obviously a few different things where you can run it you can run a display campaign you can run remarketing retargeting number four offer a free initial solar evaluation on how people can reduce their energy so I think is a good way to get to people, and this might be further down the buying journey. Number five, partner with a business that can finance solar systems to make the purchasing easier with a monthly payment. This could be an avenue for the solar dealer to actually get leads. So he might be doing his own marketing and offering finance for solar systems, and he might be able to actually work with that dealer to actually provide that. Yeah, nice one. Number six, get people to sign up and be notified of solar specials if they want to save on the purchase price, uh, Mm-hmm. They're interested, but they're not ready to buy. Number seven, target like audiences in Facebook that have purchased solar from that dealer. So that's a good way. Number eight, knock on doors of houses next to the installed house or where they got a free solar valuation and offer their neighbors a free valuation. And if they buy, then each of them will get a discount applied to their purchase price.
1: Group discount. I really like this one. And I also like that it's offline as well. Yes. Good thinking.
0: Number nine, offer a discount to people who have installed solar at their home to have a sign in their front yard for 60 days saying that their solar dealer did the job but also what they're potentially saving in energy costs so as people drive by they kind of get triggered to go oh i wish i could be saving that money (laughs) and number 10 advertise on sites where people are actually looking and learning about solar so have display ads and even have sponsored content nice one all right well done 10 ideas good one 10 very hard ideas craig (laughs) <laughs> All right, opinion of the week, Craig. Voice search on smart speakers. And this is something I came across while on my daily reads, and I thought it was really interesting. It says that smart speakers are the fastest growing market segment when compared with other smart devices. It's been like that for a while. So just so you know, so when we talk about a smart speaker, we're talking like a Google Home device, Amazon's Alexa, Apple are to bring out their smart speaker. And what we're seeing is this adoption of, people taking place. So example, like in Google Home, I've seen they've had multiple buys for like you could buy two for $120. So they're becoming very accessible to people. And I think people are just picking them up and going, wow, this is new. Let's try it out. So that's why we're having this conversation. So first note, do you want to do the first note? All right. So I wanted to give my
1: questions on this, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. raising it because I try and think about this, not from my own personal view. Would I use a smart speaker? Yes, I would. But would Thinking about this from a marketing point of view helped my clients. And I was thinking, which of my clients would possibly get benefit trying to target smart speaker users? And I have to say, I couldn't think of one client that would benefit. Okay. So then I was like, well, I'm reading so much about this. You know, it's this massive, you know, as you said, fastest growing segment. I'm like, why is everyone talking about this? And so that's my first note. I'm just kind of confused. Like, I I see the utility in it at home and, you know, got one at home and I can see the I can see that side of it, but from a market of thinking about businesses, how would I and so then the second thing was well, what is the actual size of it because the fastest growing I think I said thirty million of yep. them were sold last correct. year, yeah. so that is a lot of devices, but compared to the
0: the percentage of users. Inch
1: of addressable you know addressable correct, yeah. market you know it's one hundred and twenty five million households in america uh, there's multiples of that in Europe, so it's still small to in terms of total households so Targeting it is not, it's, it's almost like the Bing search of targeting. It's a much smaller segment, right? Yeah. And maybe there's early adopter opportunities. But then I I realized what the confusion was. It's because people are conflating smart speaker usage with voice search. Yes. And really voice search is really where the opportunity is, but not That's smart right. speaker search. Yes. Yeah. And so I think this is interesting for marketers because we kind of think, oh, it's all around smart speakers. It's not.
0: No.
1: The opportunity is actually around voice search, which Correct. we've talked about many times. Yes. It's just that when the conversation is around smart speakers, everyone imbues uh, voice search onto it. That's not where the opportunity is. And then I guess my third point as I'm thinking through this, I thought about this a fair bit, and I still think I've missed something. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be like chatbots last year. I just didn't see it. And then Damesh very kindly sent us that note. Saying, <laughs> Here's why it's important. Thanks, so. Damesh. Yeah, I get it now. But with smart speakers, it's because smart speakers and their usage is driving behavior and it's voice search yeah. behavior which of course drives search query behaviours. And that's what we need to be targeting. And so hopefully at the end of this, you kind of think, yeah, that's kind of obvious. And it is. But remember this next time someone says, oh, we really need to be getting on the smart speaker um, bandwagon because it's kind of mixing two things. It's in its
0: infancy as well. Don't forget.
1: It is in its infancy, but the behaviour that it's driving is widespread. And I
0: think that's what the conversation we had earlier was that driving behaviour because I actually watched you Look at something and you typed in a search query exactly like you would ask the question. And that triggered this conversation. Yes. We're having.
1: And I think that was a good insight because I didn't even realize that you my didn't behavior realize, had changed. That's right. And yeah, it, it Because is, you know
0: what you did? You actually voiced it while you typed it in. Yeah, While I was standing with you. Yeah, that's right. And that's what drove that behavior. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so I that thought it was right. very interesting. So I think, yeah. So if you're a business and you're looking at this and going, what are these two turkeys talking about? <laughs> just, just understand that people will search more. Than they- this.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking of someone at home with their smart speaker going, what are these two turkeys talking <laughs> about, Alexa?
0: <laughs> <And> that- <laughs> <sighs> What's going to happen is that people will more and more talk to their devices. So, if you haven't actually tried out the Google Assistant app on your smartphone, for example, try that out and actually see what it does and how well it picks up what you're talking about. As an example, compared to Siri, for as a, as a quick check, test the two, see what results you get. So what we're trying to say is be prepared. This is happening like the take up of voice search is increasing day by day and you'll find people get a lazy. So they might think oh, it's too hard to type. I'll just speak phone and this is what we're going to see so i think be prepared understand where it's going and don't be afraid to test things out
1: good summary as an aside you know google assistant which you put me onto yes on that that's an app we should make an app of the week next week right yeah but to enable that you know that in um your google your g suite domain
0: settings correct and if you're off, a business and yeah. it's off by default yes
1: so if you installed google assistant and it's not working for you it's due to your domain settings correct so we'll show you how to fix that next week
0: all right craig our podcast of the week Is going to be marketing school.
1: Interesting comment from Neil that you said around marketing school and their approach to testing and then improving.
0: Yeah. And I think this is the thing we've been talking about. Well, they've done quite a few episodes now. And one of the things that they've actually realized after doing it for a while is that they've improved the episodes. So they've improved the content, but they've also improved the quality of the recording so they record in studios they do things a bit differently and they're very aware of that right now so i think they've got over that hump of oh yeah it's sticking here let's make this better so people stick around more what we want to highlight out of this is there's good content there and to have a listen to it and also don't be afraid to test and measure and cut things all right craig on to our resource of the week Avoiding survivor bias. Yeah. So, a
1: blog post from Thomas tongues He's interested in startups, and we've spoken about him a few times. Yeah, we've included him on the show many times. But he had a comment, or he had a post, which I thought was fantastic. Around every year, he reads a ton of business books, and he's talking about this trend that actually in scientific journals as well. We've got in our further reading this idea that often books on why businesses are successful are actually based on history, not on actual characteristics. So there's a survivor bias. Those that did become successful, well, we only look at those and then say, oh, here's why they were successful. When in fact, many of the things that they did Unsuccessful businesses did as well. So there's this kind of bias. And I actually like that quote which we've spoken about before, where it's kind of like people flipping coins and the the few someone miraculously flips ten tails in a row. Yes. And then we ask them, How did you do that? And it's just pure luck. And they come <laughs> up with all these strategies. Well, I flipped it this way, I thought and they actually genuinely think that's the way did it, it just turned out that they got lucky. Yeah. And other people didn't. That's oversimplifying, of course, but often with businesses, someone can be really successful the first time. They do it exactly the same. And second and third, and they still fail. Okay. So the reason for bringing this into the show. Great post. I almost just wanted to copy his post. It's pretty Hmm. short, straight into the show notes, but it's so good. Go and read it. It's a reminder to marketers that we often just jump on the shiny objects and, oh, this is what worked for one company. Oh, you got to do this. And we talk about our successes on the show. You know, some you can't deny, like Facebook advertising. It's You know, it's a no-brainer. But others, we've just been lucky. we got great results for our clients. And quite often the whole test and measure is actually the reason. We tested a bunch of things and got lucky with some. And in some ways, that's marketing. And then we take the credit for when we were lucky and actually got good results. And we just happen to get better results more often than not. And it's kind of like that with marketing in a way. And so to mention this article is really to remind of those two things. One, test and measure. You've got to keep testing things. But two, don't just trust what someone else did that was successful. Of course, they might have just been a survivor and got lucky doing it. Yeah,
0: perfect example.
1: Test and measure and persistence. Persistence. And hard work, basically. Just keep slogging away intelligently trying to um, test new creative things. Yeah.
0: All right. And finally, shout out of the week, Craig. A big thanks to Christopher Mottram for editing our podcast and keeping our podcast on track for the last 109 episodes.
1: He does a great job. Thank you, Chris. And we've got a link to his, his website. website there. And he gee, he edits some big names. He like does. Marketing School, for example. He, he does. Them. It's great work. You know, we listen to our shows backwards after. Yes, we do. And all these mistakes we make while we're recording. And then when... Then we play the episode. He goes, Oh, yeah, he cut that out. Gee, it was good. He actually listened to it seamlessly I know. edited. So thank you, Chris. Really appreciate the work you do. As do our listeners, I hope as well.
0: Correct. Now, listeners, we would love if you would leave us some feedback, a review on iTunes, join our Facebook group, join our WhatsApp group. If you've got any questions, we'd love to help you out. There is an opportunity to have a no obligation 30 minute consultation with Craig and myself. And if we can help you in any way, we'd love to help you. Until next time.
1: Catch you later, Ian.
0: Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show
1: notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.